Coach Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. On this episode of Celeb Savant, I'll be speaking to South African singer and songwriter Louise Carver. She began playing the piano at two and received her first recording contract at the age of 15. Over the years, she has released seven solo albums and has had number one singles throughout Europe, the Billboard Dance Charts and in South Africa. Up next on Celeb Savant, we've got Louise Carver. What's happening in your world and how are you doing today? Thank you for having me. It's lovely. Well, a lot is happening. I've just released my seventh studio album called wow. Dark Secrets, and uh, it has been so well received. I was a little nervous because it is quite a sensual album because we are sensual beings and we've been locked up for too long. And uh, so there's no real heartbreak. It's just <laughs> it's uh, saying some interesting things and done in a very sophisticated pop way. Um, so I'm marketing the album at the moment. And then uh, my uh, online jewelry business, Louise Carver Collection, is uh, growing beautifully. So I'm very busy with that. And um, Managing my life, <laughs> basically, <laughs> trying to keep everything together. What's the online collection again? It's Louise Carver Collection. I've okay. had the business for 14 years okay. and I went online during COVID and it just went from strength to strength. So it's, 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 um, it is full on, but I balance between the music and the jewelry. Lovely. Mm. Now, let's take it all the way back. Rewind. Okay. <laughs> let's go. Little me. Little, so let's start at the very beginning. Yes. Louise Carver, let's tell the world the Lu Louise Carver hybrid music story journey. In a nutshell? <laughs> um, well, not. What a, kind of nut? <laughs> about a four-minute nut. <laughs> okay, right. So we're going maybe, I don't know, an almond. All right, let's, let's go. It's quite big. <laughs> So I, um, Wikipedia has it wrong. I started playing the piano, not at 11. Uh, I started playing the piano at two years old. Oh, wow. Uh, it was something that um, I, I was always drawn to. I, I can't remember why, but there's video footage, so I know that it was me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my folks uh, also were quite amazed at how I was singing along at about two as well to Freddie Mercury because of all the vinyl Queen records that they used to play nonstop. So they knew there was something a bit odd about me uh, through school, uh, top the choirs, all the rest, that stuff, and opera training from 15 with a, quite a legend in the industry, Wendy Fine, and I was born in Cape Town. First generation South African, my parents uh, immigrated from England. And at 15 at the same time, I'd been writing music from 11 on the piano, just me writing my little heart. I don't know what I was writing about, but um, I got signed to my first record label at 15. Strange story. My best friend at the time, a guy called Wayne, was good friends with his next door neighbor. And uh, the next door neighbor's father had a record label. So we trotted over when I was 15 to just put a little band together. Me and my very driven, even then, A-type way, photocopied all the music we were going to learn. They were hungover. Um, it wasn't really a good fit. They just wanted to get together and make a noise. I was ready and organized. <laughs> You sound like me. That's Nothing. why I'm giggling. We should say, that's Nothing me. <laughs> Everyone had pens. We were ready to go. Um, and uh, the girlfriend of the record label boss uh, walked past and heard me singing without a mic because I was opera trained, so I hadn't used a mic before. And she went and pulled uh, said person off the couch who was watching the rugby, which was a big thing for him to move because he was rugby passionate. It was all blacks. 
<laughs> and Springboks. <laughs> and uh, he peeled himself off the couch to come and listen to me, and he never left. And so he developed my uh, voice, mic technique. Uh, we used to go to disgusting little dives along the N2 for me to practice stage work. And 17, I released a, Don't worry about it. And uh, I was still in school, and it went to number one, and it changed my life for better and for worse. There was a lot of things to get used to. I lost all my friends that year. They just thought that I was going to get a big head. Meanwhile, I was overwhelmed and sinking, actually, in... Very, I'm a very. I think a lot of entertainers are. We are hybrids, so we are very introverted people. Mm -hmm. But then we have to learn to cope with the um, attention that we get, and yes. and so we develop another personality to cope. But we're still introverts at heart that need to recharge on our own. I don't know any songwriter or artist that isn't that way. Mm. We can't recharge with other people's energy. It has to be our own. So yeah, so that that happened, and then um, it was a wonderful spike. Of interest in me, and then we released the, my first album, Mirrors and Windows. I toured, I uh, went to university, UCT. I did four years. I did my honors in uh, politics, philosophy, economics, and my record label handled that development very well. They, they backed off when it was time to write exams, and then they put the pressure on when we were just being university drinking students. And then uh, my degree ended, and I left for London, and um, I had a number one with the song uh, Kenny Hawkes and myself, uh, Play the Game, which was uh, number one. I'm still earning royalties off it now. Uh, it went number one in Europe, and it was a very strange story. <laughs> this is why I always say to entertainers, you must get – you must – Pay your dues and work in, work other jobs to get life experience. I worked as a maitre d' in Blue's restaurant in Camps Bay uh, from 18 till about 21. And from that experience, I wrote the song Play the Game, which is a legendary Deep House song, I must say. It is still a big song. Then from there, uh, the success of that led me to Sony UK, which I did uh, a song called I'd Say Yes which went to number one uh, in Europe again, in Belgium, topped the charts, um, literally number one on their national charts, not a dance chart, and then in Russia as well. Um, and then um, that song brought me back to South Africa because it was doing so well in South Africa, also went to number one here. And I was working for three years in England on Silent Scream, which was my second studio album, um, and which Empty Fantasy, uh, so sail away, mandalin. That was off there. And the deal through... Through, fell through with Universal International and Sony SA signed me straight away. So I came back to South Africa and then started my South African journey. Wow. That, yeah, I'm like, so, so many things. So like, let's unpack the Louise Carver creative process. Mm. From zero to a three to four minute song. Mm. What invigorates, what motivates, what inspires you? Is it easy each time? Is the process the same each time? Let's dive into that. It's sometimes extremely easy, and I'm shocked by the way I just get out of my own way. It just comes through me, and I know that that is a very special time for any, whether you're a painter or an actor, that moment, and it's, it's, you don't take that for granted. You actually really need to be in that moment because you'll write a whole song in about half an hour. That hasn't happened that much for me, and that means lyrics and music come out. Boom, done. Within an hour, I've had songs like Empty Fantasy, Within an hour, it's done. And um, home. So the big ones just go straight through. And then sometimes it's agonizing. It's like you know you've got a good chorus, and but you just can't get the verse and the bridge, and it's just not working. So you can spend a long time on it, years sometimes, and come back to it and whittle away. It doesn't make it on that album. comes on another album. 
it's always started from emotion and needing to get on the piano and just to get it out. And the lyrics and the music come at the same time. But this latest album, Dark Secrets, because of uh, the two-year kind of incubation of staying indoors, and I'm in a very good place romantically as well. There's a lot of, I'm in a very peaceful space as opposed to the torment of... I never really got the hang of relationships. <laughs> I was very focused on my career. And so I'd never really learned how to handle relationships. And I'd pick the wrong people that are completely incom incompatible with me and have these long heartbreaks. So it was very lovely for songwriting. <laughs> yeah. Empty fantasy. Yeah. What are the other ones? Uh, a lot of the songs were just, um, just absolutely incompatible with someone but loving them. And it's not yeah. enough. I've written that lots of times. Sometimes love's not enough. He will leave regardless. And it's true. It's not enough. Uh, but right now I'm in a very wonderful, nurturing, kind relationship. Uh, touch wood, no drama. And so I couldn't write during the COVID time from that space. It was a very interesting time because I thought, well, I'm not drawing off like he left me or, you know, he's screwing around or whatever and my heart's breaking. Yeah. I have nothing to draw from except uh, fantasy. So this album is, is different how I wrote it. And... Um, it's a lot lighter. Do you always write yourself or do you ever collaborate with other uh, writers? Mainly myself. Uh, the whole thing comes together. I'm a little package. But um, now and again, I'll ask um, somebody to give me, if I'm, I just feel like the album's missing a more up-tempo, I don't want to base it, the melody in a piano. Um, I want to base it off a groove. So because I've got a, quite a big dance history, uh, DJs or um, producers will send me a groove, no melody, just a really kind of like percussive groove. And then from there, the song will come. So, for example, I asked some Piwe Kula from the Muffins, because um, we're, we're friends, um, can you give me like a really sexy, like um, a Putu kind of club beat? Yeah. And, and he, he did that for me during lockdown. And I wrote the song Take My Hand. Uh, which is all fantasy about getting ready to go out with your friends, even though we were in our pajamas. <laughs> so I wrote projecting into the future, yes. which I've never done before. So, yeah. So this album, I would say I always write from the past, but then this album went, no, you don't. Yeah, when you can actually change it up and, and have fantasy as well drive you. Hope. Writing a song, uh, a slow sort of m melody, slow song compared to a fast-paced groove dance song. Mm. The difference, do you prefer either or, or which comes more naturally to you? It's a funny one because, again, it comes from uh, the groove so and my headspace. So uh, with um, Take My Hand with Sims, yeah, it happens very quickly. Uh, I think it's easier for me to write with the dance track because with Kenny Hawks and Play the Game, which I spoke earlier about, is mm. actually quite an amazing story so um flew to london with nothing no money my sister had a small little apartment uh in uh wandsworth i think near wimbledon as all the saffirs do and she gave me a cupboard to stay in okay it was a small room at london it's a cupboard or new york it's it's uh, london it's a room in south africa it's a cupboard it's a less than a cupboard, less than a cupboard. <laughs> yes I, I lived in london i lived london in london as well so i know exactly you know what it. you're speaking about yes you know it. okay so uh, I stayed there for uh, three months pounding the pavement. Literally, I had the Starbucks. I, it's a great diet. I must recommend it if you're wanting to lose some pounds. <laughs> take, take a small amount of money to a very expensive city and you can only afford coffee and also walk that town bare, flat. You will lose weight. Promise. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> So that lose really is effective. Lose, lose pounds, pounds and not spend pounds. No. <laughs> Brilliant. 
brilliant. That's the diet of choice for a young 20-something trying to make it. So, uh, yeah, so that's what I did. And um, before I left for London, a photographer wanted to take some photos of me. And um, he took these fantastic shots and he said, you need to speak to my friend Kenny. He's in uh, Camden in London and he's uh, an amazing deep house. I mean, he's a legendary deep house. He's passed on, but um, legendary deep house DJ. And I said, please, won't you just call him before? I don't like to cold call. And I had all these little numbers scribbled. I still got that pad as a memory for me. This mm. little pink uh, sparkly pad I took to London when I was 20. <laughs> and... Um, Please, please call, call him. Uh, don't, please call your friend. Tell him I'm coming. Well, I phoned Kenny. Yeah. And um, I said, hi, Kenny. It's Louise from South Africa. Your friend Kevin uh, called to say, what? Kevin who? Oh, come over then. So I got on a train, a tube to Camden. Got, he went, found his little address. And there was this guy, I kid you not, looked like the BFG from Roald Dahl's stories. Huge, bald, uh, towering over me. And he said, come up. Now, you know, with Camden, it, you those places are very long and thin, so it's carpeted stairs. You go up to the third floor. And I mm. thought, well, I think either I'm going to die. I mean, I don't know this guy. I'm just going up this like long carpeted stairway. I remember. And then I got to the top and he said, right, what do you do? So I said, I played in my, my first album, Little Bits, which was very Alanis Morissette and kind of mm. style, which is the, the 90s. And he said, okay, well, I've just brought over this um, African-American singer, I paid for a flight, her accommodation, and she's coming into one of the biggest London studios tomorrow. I've got the day in the studio. It's costing me a fortune. I will send a black uh, taxi for you to come. In, not the South African black taxi, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> a London cab. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you imagine London? <laughs> Whoa. Uh, that's a funny image. And and I, I could only take, obviously, no one. I mean, a black taxi then would kill me financially. So I was like, okay, to my sister's address and we'll pick you up. Be ready and just bring something. And I had, here's the beat. Now, Deep House is very kind mm. of, um, it's, 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 how can I, it's, it's a very clear and simple beat. There's no melody. Go. So I got on the tube. I had my, my little Walkman or headphones, whatever I was listening to then. And it was, mm, 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 mm. you walked into a nightclub. I smiled and did my job. So I wrote, play the game in the tube, writing Then you took me serious and handed me a card. I said, so anyway, I wrote the song on the tube and then the next morning he picked me up with this cabbie and he took me through to this beautiful London studio. Like, and I was only been there for three days in London. Now, the singer he had brought over, who was very much in, in that uh, early 2000s dance, like, how you doing, everybody? Yeah. Are you having fun? <laughs> you know, that kind of singer. Yeah. And the people were going, woo! Yes. That was that dance. Yes, yes, yes. Um, she had got to the studio, forgotten her lyrics, and had to go back to the hotel. Now, Kenny was furious because that's cab money. It's expensive. He's got time in the studio. Yeah. He said, Louise, go. And it was literally, it's like the heavens opened. I growled. I Because in that song, Play the Game, it's like, row. you got to be real. And I am actually quite a shy person yes and i because no one was around me my parents are in south africa um <laughs> no one that knows me is around and and in that record play the game i'm growling like this animal yeah and it was so freeing to just be this crazy sexual being and um, i left shook his hand off i went and i thought well, nothing of it a month later oh uh, sorry about three months later back in cape town i get a call to say it's signed to virgin records and kenny said it's been being played in the clubs and it's going massive he never even played 
the girl that he flew over's track. Yeah. It's just how the stars align. Yes. You know? So that was one of those situations back to your early question. And that's life. You know, you can't, you can't plan for that stuff. She forgot her lyrics. I come in and I'm ready. Yes. And something took over me and I, you know, the spirit of dance, baby. Yeah. <laughs> spirit of early 2000 dance came over me and I gave it horns and it paid off. And that was magic. And so that was very easy to write that. Sims playing that groove, very easy. I'm working with, um, um, another a Serbian guy at the moment. It's very hard industrial house. I find that quite tricky to write over. So it just depends. If I hear a groove and it works for me, I'm in. I'm in. Go away. I'm writing. Yeah. I can feel it straight away. Working on the piano, I hate most of the things that I write for about three days. And then suddenly I think that is cheesy. I'm done. I've been there. We've done that already, Carver. So it's, it's actually a lot easier to write with a groove. Because I'm not in that groove comes to me, and then yes. I can just I'm not tied to the piano. Yes, but what a good piano song! Nothing can beat that. And you always write the lyrics yourself. You don't collaborate. always. Okay. No, I've never had anyone write lyrics okay. with me. But yeah. And if someone would want to, would you find that an easy process, or would you like? No, this is my little place that I like to be in. Or... I would need to really trust that person. Okay. Um, and there'd need to be a point because that is kind of my forte. So it's <laughs> so it's like I bring in a lot of people, um, producers and um, you know guitarists, whoever I need. Like because I'm not that's not my forte. Yes. So like this is really the okay. little gift that um, You've, yeah. the, my brain gave me through great hopefully genetics or whatever you I don't know a little bit of spiritual dust as well thrown in for good measure. But yeah, it would be really I'd need to really look up to, need to look up to that person and trust okay. that person. Otherwise, I just think, no, I got, I got this. And have you ever written for any other artists? Nothing leaps to mind, actually. I think I'm so diary entry. <laughs> Dear diary, I feel sad. No, I, uh, no I, I, I don't. I mean, I write for a lot of DJs, obviously, yes. but not for another singer as yes. yet. Okay. Up to this point. Okay. And happy. would you be open to yeah, that? Yeah, definitely. That I would be very open okay. to. Okay. And open to them changing it as well. Obviously, it's there. if I was a hired gun, then that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Now, when you first started releasing music, it was CDs, pre that, cassettes, vinyls. Those are making a comeback, thank goodness. Yes. Because I love me the CD. I love holding something. Do you? Okay. I love the, the ownership of it. And for me, buying a CD is like a thank you. Because you guys put in a lot of hard work, oh the energy, all that stuff. And it's like... Yeah, thank you. I'm now holding it. And now it's these uh, streaming platforms. What is your perception of the way people consume music now compared to when you first started? It's horrible, um, to be honest with you. It's killed our industry. Uh, it was all right at the point where people were downloading for nine rand ninety nine a single that they like. So they're dissecting the album, which isn't really the point of why we do an album. It's yes. a story and it's a yeah. journey. And we really and I remember, I mean, the first uh, tape that I bought. I wasn't making music then, <laughs> but the first tape I bought was Tracy Chapman. Yes, self titled album. And um, every song I can I can give you the nuances of every. From song number one to the to the whole album, mm. I know every single nuance of that, and I listened to it until we the tape stretched. Yeah, and the same with the CD, Cranberries or what have you that I grew up with in the nineties as a teenager. So um, it was a story, and the artist has carefully put together the playlisting of that. I mean, yes, it's agonizing. We sit for I do. I sit for 
for months actually going that oh that doesn't work next to that song or that doesn't make yeah. sense or this t-, you know so that's horrible but it's okay um at least music is getting out to people that maybe wouldn't have heard you before so there's you know that balanced the the cons and the, the pros and the cons mm. balanced but with streaming it's a disaster because you are paying next to nothing to listen to something that is very very valuable and costs yes. a lot of money never mind the whole you know creative process being valuable but the actual raw costs are extreme for us and um the marketing and all of that goes into it and then the payout for artists particularly if you're not a Taylor Swift or an Ed Sheeran or um you know the, some of the bigger worldwide artists it's a it's a tiered process so the streaming comes in to say spotify the money comes in and even those art- artists are str- uh, not doing great with that income but they pay the big international artists first they're not counting how many streams they just kind of those guys get the lump sum of the streaming money and then it filters down so we get nothing it's basically just making a business card for someone to come and see your live show it's horrible it's like, like it is i mean when you say that and you know the time and energy to create one song mm. and i see people who are on their phones ah oh, i don't really like the song let's skip it uh oh, next song next song and it's taking i feel that it's definitely cheapened yes the experience and the music industry yes and it's become disposable and the expectations of people has been that music must be free Now imagine any other industry in the world bring it down to just plumbing services like now the plumber must just do the must just come and fix the pipes for free or unblock the drain like yep. no other industry in the world has an expectation apart from the entertainment and I'd put in movies and everything else under that same bracket yep. uh, and the same umbrella as the public has now seen that as like well I'm not paying for that it must be free but someone's paying and it's the artist and the problem with that and it's just like <laughs> not to bring in Eskom is like we knew about 14 years ago this day was coming the load shedding 6 and and beyond and it's the same with with this like you know someone's paying for it and it's the musicians uh the yeah. record label is making less money but they're still not paying for it we are paying for everything and what's going to happen is less and less music musicians can make a living out of it and most of us uh and I've always been a full-time musician until covid so most of us now I don't know many musicians that haven't got to take on another side hustle uh, side hustle to keep going because you just can't make enough money and on top of that when you tour petrol prices has gone through the roof you know uh accommodation everything like that thank goodness is airbnb but just and and people now because of covid are still hesitant to come out not so much because they're scared of covid but more that they've they've kind of got used to a sedate uh, uh what's the word now sedate uh, more lazy life sedate I also can't get it. Also can't get it. Sleepy, sleepy life. Yeah. It's more lazy. So they, so they're now kind of getting into the Netflix, pour themselves a glass of wine. Yeah. But when you go out, I was recently at Josh Lindbergh's latest uh, theatre opening of Cruise uh, in uh, Victor. Uh, yeah, were you there as well? On wh- what On day? Wednesday. I was there. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, we didn't know each other then. Yeah, now we, we do. do. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Friend in the future. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Will pass it exactly. Uh, so I loved that, by the way. It was brilliant. What a night! I was on a high. Yeah. For such a brilliant yeah, show. Yeah, for yesterday I was on a high, going like, and that's what live entertainment yes. is about. You can't get that from yes. Netflix. Is wonderful, and Showmax, what have you? I mean, White Lotus. Hello, brilliant. But still, there's something about watching a performer in their element, doing their thing, and seeing their sweat. 
Um, it's just and the excitement. So you know that that excitement of waiting for the next episode. So my one colleague, she complains, oh, you know, White Lotus, she has to wait a, wait a week for the next episode, <laughs> and I'm like. That's how it always was. It was that anticipation. Like, why do I have to wait? Well, like, why not? Like, let that anticipation build yes. and enjoy it. Yes. And it is. It's that instant gratification and binging and flipping through someone's album. Um, and I'm guilty of it, too. I, I, re- I binge crappy shows. <laughs> so <laughs> my unorthodox life. It's so bad. <laughs> but I binged it last Friday. Um, so I'm not like a saint. But a white lotus, you do not binge the the writer um uh what's it now something white uh he is magnificent michael white i think i've, oh, I've probably got that wrong but definitely his surname's white um magnificent writer yeah so i think we are going into a place where musicians can't afford to become experts at their craft and that is a problem because yeah. you grow exponentially when you are being a musician full-time and when you're having to dabble, like I know all of us are, I won't mention, we're all dabbling, Sims, Jay something, myself, um, we all have another job to pay our bills. And that's not good. And I'm very aware of that. You should be focused in on your craft to be yeah. the best. Well, I mean, I don't know if you know, last year, CDs sales went up for the first time in 21 years. I did not know that. And the, the vinyls, cassettes and CDs are increasing year on year. Well, that is a nugget. And it's not the older people. It's actually the younger, the teenagers and the 20-something-year-olds who are buying into it. Wow. So that's something to yeah. put that energy there to keep it out. Because this whole thing, this non-energy exchange for something so important and so relevant has to reach a point where it's no point to it anymore. Because if there's no energy exchange then there will be no more music. There'll yeah. be no more entertainment. Yeah, then, just bad music. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know, just like, which you can you can buy anyway when when you buy an app or whatever and you get this free library music. You yeah, know, exactly. Because, or just, yeah, or just the teeny pop kind of Justin Bieber stuff because they will keep that going. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, I like that as well. <laughs> nothing wrong. wrong yeah, Those yeah. songs are catchy yeah. and there's something to be said about it. Pop is supposed to be catchy, yes. and there's a real craft in that. Yes. We're not we're, not everything has to be, you know, a, pe- a piece of like a hand woven jersey. You yes. know? <laughs> Sometimes it can be just a cheap t shirt, but it's or a vest. Nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Weird clothing analogy, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I get. I think there's a real uh, an amazing skill to writing a catchy song, um, and not to take away from that. That is yeah. a massive skill. Putting you on the spot. Do it. Your answer will be different if I ask you this in two minutes, five minutes, five hours tomorrow. Okay. Your top five go-to songs by other artists in this moment. Ooh. Sure. Um, I, I, I'm not good at remembering names of books or movies or songs, but I'd have to just give the artists on the playlist. Sure. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So it, it does depend on the mood. There would need to be... Okay, I'm just in the moment, just flipping what I know. Yes. Wood Mac, because it's been on my mind, because... The, the past thing, yeah. And Tracy Chapman, for a good old reflective, nostalgic cry. <laughs> Black Coffee, because he is just a genius. I'm just... I want to include some Johnny Clegg. Yes. Um, and let's have something... That, um, I want to have somebody new that I'm listening to. Who am I listening to? Okay, let's just put a... 
uh, it's a crowded house. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's, whatever it flips no, around. No, but that's like, the thing. That's how, oh, why I love this game. Yeah, and horrible. the I know, <laughs> the recipients yeah. hate it, but Sweet. I love it because it's, it's so interesting what comes out and it's just like you think okay top easy but when you actually put no, on that spot it's hard <laughs> if i look at my playlist it goes from classical music um which i really really enjoy to give my brain a break from lyrics and singing the actual vocal so i do put on classical music in the car and i find that that's very calming and then it'll go to the nostalgic section, which my brain now, when you've asked me to put in the spot, I'm not listening to a lot of Crowded House or Tracy Chapman at the moment, but I can't remember the new ones because I've got a very short, <laughs> if there's new information, it takes me a long time, like learning a song. Or if there's a change musically, like Sims will say to me, um, so Sims and I do a really nice duo show together. I'm, I'm holding a guitar. I don't know why I'm holding a guitar. <laughs> I play the piano. I should do air piano. But I was like, Sims, and my arm goes out. Um, so Sims will say, Lou, let's just like take it to the A minor instead of going to resolve it to a G. Yeah. And um, I'll go like, Sims, you can't say that. I have to like rehearse that a few times. Yeah. Otherwise, on the show, I'm going to go back to the G. So I, I, have, I don't. Just the way your, your brain works. Yeah. to go into like a really so when you ask me those questions it goes almost like back okay it doesn't go to current things but um yeah a perfect list i love it now we know the podcast is listened to throughout the world as a final message to the listening audience what would you like to say oh i'd like to say um thank you for listening <laughs> i've only had one cup of coffee today so i hope that it has been i've been awake and able to answer your questions i'm Abs a coffee yeah. aholic but um <laughs> I would say go and see live entertainment, whether it's a play or um, your favorite muso. Just really get out and um, make an evening of it because there's nothing like it. So as Louise says, summarizing, experience life, experience entertainment and go out and do it. This is Celeb Savant signing out. Yeah.